How's it going, Bolingbrook Church? Welcome to our live stream. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If this is your first or second time watching this live stream, we want to let you know, and this is something that I say all the time, that if you are watching us right now, it wasn't by accident. God has seen this very day, this very moment, where you are watching this experience. You're joining in on what we're doing here at Bolingbrook um, because He has plans for you. Uh, if this is your first or second time, thank you for joining us. Welcome. We want to let you know that we love you. There's a God that loves you and he wants the best for you and he has plans for you and he has a purpose for you. And hopefully that you stay plugged in with Bowling Church and we can help everyone here find that purpose, find that God-given gift that you can share with the world. For those who have been supporting us for a long time already, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, 2020 has been a crazy year. Let me tell you what. I don't think anyone will argue with that. Um, but it's because of you. And it's because that all of you have placed this vision, not just on your t-shirts, but in your hearts and in your minds and with your hands, in creating spaces for the people that God missed the most. It's because of you all that our church is thriving. We are doing well. We are doing amazing in our community, through our food pantry, through our Disciple Town, through our, our live stream experiences, and many more. It's because of all of you that we are able to continue doing ministry. Our building might be closed, but our church remains open because the vision is in the hearts of the people. Thank you guys so much for joining in with us. Uh, we have been going through a summer series, we like to call it. It's basically eight weeks of uh, guest speakers uh, where we get to talk about something very important. This year we have chosen uh, the theme of heaven meets earth. And we believe that this is important because we want to see kingdom culture, the kingdom uh, of heaven happen here in the hearts of man on earth. Um, although God, Jesus' second coming hasn't come yet. We believe that heaven can still happen in the hearts of man. And we want to thank you for all the guest speakers that have been with us on this journey over the past eight weeks. Uh, we had Michael Polite, June Price, uh, Ike Taime, we had Sam Leonor, Dillis Brooks, even Pastor David and myself. I want to ask all of you who are watching online right now to type in the comments and say thank you to the pastors and speakers that have been bringing us such powerful messages of hope, powerful messages of the kingdom through the Bible. Um, and it, I just want to let you guys know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Go ahead and type in the comments right now. Uh, give a shout of praise and a thank you uh, to those who have been helping us on this journey. Uh, I get the privilege and I'm a little nervous to wrap up the series. Uh, and the reason why I'm nervous is because a lot of people will argue, and I'll argue uh, alongside with them, that this is the greatest sermon ever preached. And not, not just this sermon that's happening right now, but the Sermon on the Mount. That's what we're basing the entire sermon series off of. Uh, and that's what people have been preaching on, is different aspects, different parables, different stories from the Sermon on the Mount. And we believe that these were foundational um, lessons from Jesus as he started his ministry um, to bring what it looks like, what kingdom culture looks like. If you were to take a, a vacation, uh, Lord knows we all need vacation right now. If you were to take a vacation to heaven, God, I really hope that happens soon. <laughs> if you were to take a vacation to heaven and come back and tell us what it was like, a lot of it would be the aspects that we see in the Beatitudes, in the Sermon on the Mount, in the parables of the sower, uh, in uh, the different stories that Jesus talks about here because Jesus is trying to infuse, inject, instill these kingdom values into the hearts of people here on earth. 
And while he was preaching to those people and they were amazed, thousands of years later, 2,000 plus years later, we are still reading these words and being amazed by them. Because kingdom culture passed the test of time. If you notice, culture changes continually over and over and over over time, but these values don't. These values are still values that we can take into our hearts and our lives today and have these things change us. Because at the end of the day, Jesus started with this sermon, with this series. Maybe it was a summer series. He started with this series because he wanted to lay the foundation. I'll say it again. He wanted to lay the foundation of the kingdom's culture here in the hearts of man now. And so I get the privilege to to wrap this up. And what better way than travel to the very end of his text, the very end of his manuscript, and read the very words that he said. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Those are some rebuking, harsh words from Jesus. Sometimes I I read this and I'm like, man, that's kind of cold-blooded, Jesus. That that, That hurts me a little bit. And it's hard because... We all like the Jesus that goes after the 99, that welcomes you with open arms, that says, come to me all who weak and are weary. And that is an aspect of Jesus that we need to have. But then when you get to the rebuking end of Jesus, the Jesus that wants to correct us, the Jesus that says that the way that we are living in the world right now is not adequate for the life that I have planned for you. When we hear that Jesus, we get nervous because we like to hold on to the cultures that we have brought into this world. We like to hold on to the things that we think are good for us. We think that are good works. But Jesus says, I'm not here or I'm not here to bring people to heaven that just did things, but did things for a purpose. Well, keep reading. Verse 24, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does them and puts them into practice is like a, and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When I read this passage, and I've read it, a long time uh, ago, and I've read it over and over again. Uh, and I've, when I was a kid, I'm not sure if you sung this song uh, in your uh, church schools or in your church uh, uh, Sabbath or Sunday lessons, uh, when you would hear the, this song, um, The wise men built the house upon the rock. Do you guys know that song? Give a, give a shout or give those praise hands if you know that song. Uh, and I, I know the story, and I never really studied it until now, and until I was asked to preach this last sermon. But when I read this story, when I read this idea of building, I can't help but go back to what I want to say is my, my trauma as a childhood, as a child in my childhood. Um, I was traumatized because uh, my dad is an architect. 
Uh, my dad has been an architect for quite a long time, for about 30 years. And uh, he worked for Metro, which was, or is, uh, the train, um, how do you say this, the, the Metro uh, for the city of Chicago. And what he would do is he would design the buildings, um, all the train stations uh, that Metro operated in around Chicagoland, from Palatine to Algonquin to all these different locations. He would design all these different stations. And as a kid, my dad being a builder at heart, wanted to instill that value in his son, his one and only son. That was me. And he would drag me every single morning on, in summer, particularly in summer, when I had nothing to do. He would drag me to different hardware stores, pick up lumber, pick up wood, pick up tools. And he would ask me to join him in the building process of different projects around the house, from building a bench to building a shelf, uh, to building, um, uh, putting up rafters, uh, siding, shingles, a deck, we built a deck, uh, a playhouse, all these different things my dad would drag me along and he would, it was always Sunday morning when the best shows on TV were on. He would drag me out of bed, haul me to this one particular place that I actually hate the smell of now. It's called Home Depot. And the reason why we'd go there because he got a discount from his first job uh, before Metra. And he would drag me there and every, every single time we would, we would haul the lumber into the house, we would be banging nails, I would be hitting thumbs, uh, I would be, um, if you ever hit yourself in the thumb with a hammer, the worst pain ever. And he would make me do all these things and I would be complaining from the heat, from being tired, from wanting to watch uh, TV or play video games and I would complain about how I would feel right now. I want you guys to notice something. I would complain about how things are right now. I would complain about how things are right now. Do you who are watching complain about how things are right now? 2020 has been a year where if there's any year to complain, it's this year. And I remember as a kid, I would complain, complain, complain. And my dad would look me in the eyes and he would say, one, like a good dad, stop complaining. <laughs> he goes, bite your lips, stop complaining. And he goes, one day you'll thank me. <laughs> if you have had that experience where your parent would say, one day you'll thank me for, for doing this. And it's usually, it's usually punishment. So I, I viewed construction work uh, that my dad would make me do as punishment. He said, uh, stop complaining. One day you will thank me because you'll have a family one day and you'll already know how to do all this stuff, how to work these tools. Uh, maybe I should have spent a little more time uh, listening to him and observing him because the reason why I am in my office right now is because I usually uh, record in my living room with the TV that I put up. I mounted it myself, I put in the drywall anchors, and that was last October, so I'll give myself that. But maybe I should have spent a little more time listening to my dad and paying attention because um, the, not just, I think it was about three or four weeks ago, my TV, I heard uh, a crazy noise in my house, and just like the song, my TV came tumbling down. <laughs> I heard a huge crash, my TV fell about seven feet from its mount onto the floor, broke the TV, um, tore a piece out of my drywall, and I was there looking and saying, man, I wish I paid more attention to building. It's interesting that my dad being a builder by nature makes me realize something that 
When I read these words of Jesus asking and asking us to pay attention to these builders and the way he ends his entire sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount, he ends it with this idea, this illustration of building, which makes me believe that God is a builder. I think Jesus is an architect, that he understands what it looks like to plan, to plot out. And let me tell you, it's so amazing to see my dad when he would drop all these drawings of, 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 um, of stations. And when we would go visit them, he would take me and my family out sometimes. One time he took us out to Palatine, um, out an hour away, and we saw this amazing station that's still up today. And I remember how long this project took him. Took him, I believe, half the year to, to manage it. And when we saw it, I remember thinking to myself, I've never been more proud of my dad. Because like God, like my dad, they both have vision of what building looks like. And they know something very important. It takes time. In the world we live in today, time is something that we don't want to deal with. We want things to happen right away. Uh, we want things to happen immediately. And all over the news, I see a lot of tearing down because that's the opposite of building. Building takes a long time, but it's very easy to destroy something. Now, I will say that I believe as a nation, as a people, as a human race, we could use a culture change. But I do believe that it takes more than just tearing down. It, it, takes, it takes more than just destroying something to build something new. We saw what tearing down in a moment of an instance looks like just this past week with Lebanon. We saw that not only just a building was destroyed, but an entire city, an entire way of life for people was destroyed, literally exploded in the moment, in the blink of an eye, and it was terrifying, and there are people that are hurting there right now. But we saw how fast life could change, literally in seconds. And Jesus is asking us to build, not to destroy. He's asking us to build something that lasts a long time, that lasts longer than our civilizations, longer than our governments, longer than our institutions, longer than our churches that we build. God is not asking us to build another church building. He's asking us to build in our hearts the building of the kingdom of heaven. He's asking us to build upon a firm foundation. And that takes time. Really quick, if you look in the Bible, if you look in, in both of these stories from uh, verse 21 to all the way to verse 28, it's talking about two types of people. First, it talks about the people who do the will of the Father. Now, it's, it's hard to hear these words that Jesus is saying because the people that didn't do the will of the Father, look at what they say they did. Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles, prophecy in Jesus' name, driving out demons in Jesus' name, and performing miracles in Jesus' name. And Jesus looks at those people and says, away from me, evil doers. Now, I'll tell you, the, the important parts are in the details. They're in the details. They're in the language. Because I tell this to people all the time, if you want to change a culture, start with the language. And Jesus starts to use language and he chooses particular words. The word evildoer 
is not just evildoer, but it's actually a worker. It says workers of evil in the original Greek. And that word for worker is actually more associated to performance or an act or when someone does something under lights and a show. He says those were works that you just did for views. <laughs> he says you just wanted the likes for that one. You just, you did these things to go viral. But you didn't actually do these things for the kingdom of heaven. When he does talk about the person that does the will of the Father, he says he who does. The word does is this Greek word that signifies this idea of construction. It signifies this idea of building, of, of planning. And I, I looked at my dad and the way he did things and the way he planned out these buildings and I realized that the people that do the will of the Father are not people that just do ministry haphazardly but are planning things out. That are looking past how they're feeling right now and what they need right now and seeing what the kingdom of heaven could look like for the future. And then he tells the story of the builders. He says that this in verse 24, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Did you know that the word practice and that word does in that the previous verse, those are basically from the same root word. The word for practice is the same word they use for construction, for building. He says that they will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now maybe they're talking about a house, like a building or a living place, but it also pertains to the house that we build like our lives, like our families, like our careers, the house we build in our churches, the house we build amongst our friends. He says that anyone who hears my words, these words, these same creative words that Jesus used in the beginning when to create all life, to create the entire world and universe. He says, those who use these words, who hear those creative words, create as well. See, you are created to create. You have been inspired to inspire. You have been uh, made in His image to make His image here on earth. Not in the form of buildings or monuments, but in the form of how we mold our hearts. Or maybe rather, how we let Jesus mold our hearts. Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, who decides to build something, I believe that if you are watching, God is calling you to be a builder. To not do things the fast way, to plan things out and to foresee the future. You see, the, these two different people, the man who built his house on the rock and the man who built his house on the sand, they had the same, I want even if they had the same house, they viewed the beach differently. <laughs> they viewed things very differently. The, the man who built his house on the sand like many of us will go to the beach and say, wow, this is a nice beach. The, the sun is shining. The, the sand is hot. The coconuts have water. This is a great place to be in. But the man who is wise looks at the beach and says something different. Because see, the word wise in Greek, another Greek word. I'm, I'm throwing these Greek words at you because I spent a lot of money on a degree and I want to make sure that I use this degree when I preach sometimes. It's <laughs> not every time, but sometimes. So this Greek word for wise is this word that they use to 
to show when, when someone is sizing something up, when someone is taking consideration not only for the present, but also for the future. This wise person is, is looking at a situation or a location and saying, this might look good now, but I know that trials will come. You see, Jesus understood something when he said these words that upon this rock, <laughs> I will build my church. Jesus is a builder. And he says also that in this life, you will have troubles. I want to say Jesus was the wisest man ever. And he understood these things and he was telling them to us point blankly, your job is not to chase after momentary satisfaction. You see, the thing about rocks and sand is this. Sand is always taken by the shore or taken by the wind or in a lot of cases taken by our suitcases. Let me tell you, I'll ask you guys this, how many of you have gone to the beach and your suitcases have never been to the beach at all, but then you go home after vacation, open up and there's sand everywhere <laughs> because sand doesn't stay still. It's taken by the waves, it's taken by the, the wind, and it blows everywhere. It has no solid foundation, although it feels good when you lay on it. But see, the, the foolish man looked at the sand and said, you know what, maybe right now, I just want to relax. I just want to enjoy my time. I just want to uh, enjoy the right now. And although it's not wrong to enjoy the moment, the wise thing to do is to figure out the moments that will come. Because if 2020 has taught me anything, it's that hard times come whenever hard times choose to come. Things happen that out of our control and we have no way of knowing what it looks like. The wise man had no idea what the storm would look like, but he knew the storm was coming. And so he understood that in order to build something that will last, he has to know something very important that he has to build a firm foundation he has to build a foundation on something that has lasted through storms and so he finds this rock and yes the rock might be cold yes the rock might be wet but once i start to build my life upon the words of god I realize that these are the same words that he said before. Jesus says that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says that his words have been the same words that have been echoing since the eternity of time, since, since the creation of time, since uh, eternity past. He's been speaking these same words, these words of creation, words of building. And he's saying, if you build your life in your home, with your wife, with your kids, your life at your work, your life with your society, your life with your community, your life with your church. If you build your life on these words, these words have lasted the test of time. They've been through trials and tribulations. People have taken them from floods to fires to dens of lions to battlefields. They've taken these same words through all of these different destructions and kingdoms that have have risen and fallen, the thing that stayed the same were the words that God spoke to his people. Words 
like I will never leave you nor forsake you. Words like even if you go through the fire, I will be with you. Words like I know the plans that I have for you. Words like let there be light. Words like and then God said, let's make man in our image. These creative words have lasted the test of time and this wise man understood that. He understood that no matter what his house looks like, they can have the same house, the man in the sand and the man on the rock. But the sand gets carried away so easy, just like we do. New trends come up onto shore. New, new cultures swim up onto shore. Breezes come by and we get carried away because we set our life on things that can't be foundationalized. We set our life on things that can't be drilled into. If you ever built a sandcastle, you'll understand that you can build it and walk away and the waves will carry it off. And Jesus says that if you build my life on the words that have lasted the test of time, you will see heaven meet earth. It says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I felt like there was something missing when I wrote when I first read this passage in Matthew and I realized wait hold on there's other gospels that have this and particularly in Luke in Luke chapter uh, 6 in verse 46 he says the same exact parable he says this in verse 46 why do you call me Lord Lord and do not do what I say I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice do you see the words here the same words that are being used that, that Luke heard. Doers and people who practice. People who construct, who build upon the words of Jesus. Verse 48. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. The flood came, the torrent struck, but the house could not shake because it was well built. I, I believe that if God wants to see heaven here on earth, if you want to see heaven come down to earth, if you want to see the hearts of man changed, there needs to be a deep drilling process that we go through. A time where we dig deep into the words that were said here in the Bible. And we, we get to this point in our lives where we like to nitpick where we like Jesus in our lives. And we, we ask, what did Jesus do? WWJD. What did Jesus, what would Jesus do? We always ask that question. We go into the Bible and say, okay, what did Jesus do? But really the Bible is living. It's a living document. So we need to stop asking what did Jesus do and start asking what Jesus is doing right now. We get so caught up in what Jesus had done, but we don't realize that Jesus is doing right now. We get caught up at the cross. A lot of Christianity stops at the cross, but we don't ask the question, what is Jesus doing now? And what can I do with Jesus? We, we think that Christianity is passive, but Christ is active. Jesus is trying to activate us in this world 
And he says, stop giving your time, giving your time, giving your energies to things that will go away with new tides, with new cultures, with new trends, with new tweets, with new presidents. Stop giving your lives. Stop. stop. He doesn't say stop voting. He says, he doesn't say stop being involved in your community and voting in good people. But he says, if you build your life on those things, they'll be gone in four years. They'll be gone in a hundred years. The world that you build your life on will end. But if you build my life, your life, on the words that I've used to create your life, he says your life will last in eternity. Jesus uses this language to instill a building culture into the life of his people. To pay attention to the words that are being said here. To, to the amazing miracles that are being done not just in the Bible stories, but in your life right now. God is trying to build, but He's asking us, are you willing to brave the storms? Are you willing to look ahead and say, when the storms come, these, these things will fight my battles. Are we willing to no, say, no matter what happens in this life, I will always turn to the rock, to the words that I've held up through the test of time, through the test of trials, through the test of tribulations, through the test of temptations. Am I willing to no matter what happens to me through sickness and in health, through pandemics and through economic downturns and, and different presidents and different leaders, am I willing to continue to build my life, my church on this word? It's interesting. <laughs> When Jesus talks to Peter and he says, Peter, upon this rock, maybe it's the same rock as the Sermon on the Mount with the wise and foolish builder. And he says, upon this rock, the same rock that the wise man built his house on, upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this rock, I will build my church. I will build my people and not even the gates of hell can stop them. Not even the gates of Hades can hold it back. He says, not even the worst of the worst oppressing forces on earth will stop the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And he says, in this 2020 age, that's good news because not even a pandemic will stop us. Not even the, the threat of a job loss can stop us. Not even the threat of a virus will stop us. Not even the threat of social unrest will stop us. We will continue to be the church that God is building here on earth. We will continue as Bolingbrook Church to be the people that create spaces, that build spaces, that put our lives, our trust, our churches into the rock that has been forming things around us since the beginning of time. The very words of the creative God, the very words of the man, of the being who created the universe. When that happens, we will see heaven meet earth.